coming up next on Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. Internalized that as we were uh, driving back to Windsor and I went to school the next day and I had a meeting with my middle school principal, uh, Carol Crowley uh, at the time, and she had every professional and that was in charge of my file in her office from social workers to teachers to therapists. And I had gone through the story of, of what the doctor had told me in that hospital conference room. And at, at the time, I was nine years old, and I was internalizing mm-hmm. things uh, differently. And it was a cathartic experience to tell that story to a third party. Now, she had already knew that mm-hmm. it was in my file, but she had looked at me and she said, the only, uh, all the limitations that you'll have in life are the artificial ones that you place on yourself. And, you know, uh, from that point forward, I think that w- was really the trajectory or the turning point uh, on how I developed a uh, wide perspective and, and philosophy for sure. I just love that one person, one sentence, it was such an impact on you that you were not going to let it hold you back. I love that she was there in that moment to Hello everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. And today I have Kevin McShan on as a guest. He is a graduate of St. Clair's College Journalism, Print, and New Media Program. Kevin has an extensive history of promoting employment, equality for individuals with disabilities, most recently as the job developer and enhanced employer support facilitator with the YMCA. Now that was a mouthful to say. So (laughs) he also continues the effort of promoting inclusion for people with disabilities through his motivational speaking efforts. And I am so excited to talk to him today because against all odds, he's out there making it happen, doing his work and not letting anything hold him down. But before I bring him on, I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening on a podcast, please comment and rate it on either iTunes or Spotify. So without further delay, here is Kevin. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. And your excitement is definitely contagious. So I'm so glad that we are able to finally get to talk and have you tell your story about having cerebral palsy, but still going to school and work and then also motivating other people. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I always, you know, Nikki, one of the tenets that I live my life by is that inclusion is the gateway to independence. And, you know, I work every day to sort of bring the gaps of division to bring us a little closer to the feeling of unity. So, uh, I believe that ev- everyone has a platform to share their story and 
through the work that I do through employment equality and promoting that and uh, pr promoting the work that I, I do on my own podcast. It's all about having authentic conversations on how to move the needle of uh, progress forward, for sure. Exactly. And I love that. I think people where I've come from, if you have a disability, you tend to be wrote, written off in society. And that's not the case. I mean, you know, someone with a disability, that doesn't mean that they're broken. You know, they're still a human being, 100%. And they can still go on to do whatever it is that they want to do in their life. Yeah, Nikki, you know, I always tell people that there's no 50% off policy when they have a disability. It's not like you can uh, return them to the store, right? <laughs> <If you're> not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the way I look at life is that you, uh, you don't let your circumstances work for you or you can work for your circumstances. And I right. try to build uh, bridges of under understanding in that regard uh, because I believe that yeah, intrinsically that we're all given, given gifts to share with the world. You know, I always tell people that it may not always look graceful the way that I accomplish things, but uh, yeah. as, as long as it's uh, effective and productive, that's the name of the game, right? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. So tell us about your beginnings you know you i know you have a brother and then how you know what motivates you to go into this type of work you know when people ask me that question first i'll take the first uh part of your question first just me and uh, my brother keith were born uh three months premature we both were born with a cerebral palsy my brother grew out of his cerebral palsy when he was Four months old, but still affects things like his handwriting. But other than that, he lives a, a fairly normal life. Uh, for me, uh, having a disability means that I have a different a lens of perspective and uh, a different opinion on how uh, the world should work. You know, I always say that people with disabilities have to pay uh, taxes too. So they have to, yeah, they have to be. Granted, pull access to all uh, privileges in society, regardless of uh, how uh, severe their disability is. But right. to, to add to the second part of your question, you know, uh, the turning point in my life, I, I strongly believe, happened when I was uh, nine years old. You know, uh, I had just come back from Time Valley Children's Hospital in London, where all of my procedures were done for my disability. And the doctor at the time, my doctor at the time, is there was Dr. Tim Cowley. And he had brought myself and my parents into a hospital conference room. And he had told my parents that I, uh, despite all of the work that I had done from a therapy perspective and uh, from a surgical perspective, from his perspective, I would have to learn to uh, live life not being able to walk. And so I had to go back to school the next day. So in uh, the two hours it took uh, to get back from Windsor, you know, I had to internalize that as we were uh, driving back to Windsor. And I went 
to school the next day, and I had a meeting with my middle school principal, uh, Carol Crowley uh, at the time, and she had every professional and that was in charge of my file in her office, from social workers to teachers to therapists. And I had gone through the story of, of what the doctor had told me in that hospital conference room. And at, at the time, I was nine years old, and I was internalizing things uh, differently. And it was like a cathartic experience to tell that story to a third party. Now, she had already knew that mm-hmm. it was in my file, but she had looked at me and she said, the only, uh, all the limitations that you'll have in life are the artificial ones that you place on yourself. And, you know, uh, from that point forward, I think that was really the trajectory or the turning point uh, on how I developed a wide perspective and, and philosophy for sure. I just love that one person, one sentence, it was such an impact on you that you were not going to let it hold you back. I love that she was there in that moment to help you. Yeah, you know, it's it's important to have role models and mentors because I think they're the foundation of impact for mm-hmm. all of us to really uh, discover what we stand for as people. And hopefully a good mentor, you know, or encourages you to sort of toward your own foundation and stand on the values of what and the principles that are most important to you. So, yeah, I I think mentorship is vitally important, for sure. So after you got out of school, what did you do next? So I'll tell you about one of my college mentors, you know, having a disability and I don't drive, so I rely on public transportation. And I'll tell you a story about, you know, sometimes college classes don't go the th- uh, full two or three hours that they're scheduled for. Right. Uh, and I didn't have a car. And, you know, sometimes the bus company that I used couldn't get uh, pick me up earlier than uh, the slated time that they always pick me up. So, my college mentors, uh, his name's Ryan Peebles. At the time, Ryan served as uh, the uh, director of the student representative council at the college I went to. At the time, all of my uh, classes for journalism were in the basement of this convention center that the college had bought and turned into college classrooms. And Ryan's office was in the um, basement of that convention center. And Ryan would always, whether I was going through something in school, personally, or just needed someone to talk to, Ryan made sure that he always kept the lights on in his office when he was in to let me know if I needed something to always stop by his office. And I, I'm I graduated college over a dozen years ago now. I'm aging myself. But, uh, (laughs) you know, Ryan is someone that I I still turn to for wisdom, advice, and counsel. And, you know, I always tell Ryan, I view him as my college version of Motel 6 because he always (laughs) uh, kept the lights on for me. So I 
a really credit line uh, for being a major part of how I got through college. And uh, I wouldn't be the fortunate I am today without his influence. So Ryan is a great friend and a mentor. And I, again, I think mentorships are important. Right. And so just having someone there that you know you can go to and talk to if you need them and him leaving the light on in his office for you, just let you know that, hey, if I'm having a bad day, I can go talk to Ryan. But, you know, and that doesn't mean that you were in there all the time, you know, but it was just a reassurance. Yeah, I, I think reassurances are important. You know, my, at the bottom of my bio, it says that my Personal satisfaction doesn't come from personal achievement. It comes from putting miles on the face of the people that I impact. And I think, you know, you can listen and listen my experience. If you live life just for yourself, you'll live a very vain existence, but you live life for other people. I always say that the rewards that you get personally will multiply because you better really have a, having a chance to impact the rest of the world, right? So yeah. it's important to really find how you want to move the needle of prog progress forward and impact the lives of other people as well, for sure. Well, that's just wonderful, Kevin. I mean, do you get that influence from your family? I mean, are they people that have taught that to you or is that just something, you know, you've had to learn to do over time? You know, uh, the, uh, our family model is uh, no room for excuses, you know. <laughs> you know, at an early age, my parents have all, always taught me to go beyond my disability and find ways to uh, excel despite the circumstances. You know, we're all human a deck of cards in life. Our family philosophy is how are you going to play your deck? You know, alive, you're given a chance to be at a crossroads and you have to determine how, uh, which direction you're going to go. And our family, our motto is no excuses because it's my belief in our family's belief that, that excuses are deterrents uh, to progress. So my parents have always been uh, encouraging me to pr pursue my dreams, no matter uh, the limitations from a physical, mental, or psychological perspective, because they've always said that I have a unique gift of uh, talking. I went <laughs> journalism, right? Because, and I couldn't shut out. So that's it. <laughs> you might as well get paid for it, right? So right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. I had to tell you, I have put together a list of my top 10 most played episodes. So go to my website, www.nikkiasherbowling.com forward slash my mixed tape, tape list. Yeah, it's called my mixed tape list and I know I've dated myself. However, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast rate and review it on iTunes or Spotify.
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. I would like to tell you about my course, Get Out of the Funk. Have you ever been in a funk where you struggle to get up each day? You're going through the motions or you can't even get dressed? I have suffered from depression and anxiety for years. In 2020, I was at a low point. I couldn't continue on the way I was. I made a decision to do the work and intentionally focus on things to make me a better version of myself. This is why I created my course, Get Out of the Funk. Now, I want to help others who are in the same place as I was in 2020. If you have been struggling, I want to help you become a better version of yourself. Do you need a change? I know I needed one. Go to www.NikkiAsherBowling to sign up or get out of the bunk course today. Well, that's just so ingenious. I love that. <laughs> so how is your relationship with your brother? <laughs> I, you know, Keith and I uh, share a room together until we were... 28 years old. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, my brother has always uh, been someone who has encouraged me to always seek whatever my passion is. I always tell pe- people if you discover your passions and your purpose, you never work a day in your life, right? Yes. So my brother has always encouraged me to look beyond the limits of what, what, what I believe is possible and extend myself to go with outside of my comfort zone to really grow and develop for sure. Well, that's so encouraging. I just love that, you know, you could tell you're a close-knit family and that they really push you, you know, to be better than what you really are. And in doing that, you become, you know, that better person. So when you have like a down day, you know, or you're just like, this is just a crappy mood. What does Kevin do to take care of that or uplift himself? You know, I start every morning by listening to the song High Hopes by Panic of the Disco. It's important to put yourself in a frame of 
mind of positivity every time you well, wake up. You know, life is so evidently short. Yeah. And, and we have to set ourselves up for victory. But to answer the question, having a disability, sometimes, you know, I go through by a bounce of, of social isolation. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for me to build a community of support and uh, further uh, the understanding of different people of having a disability and the obstacles you overcome. So to answer your question, I podcast. When, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, discouraged or neglected because it's a way to build a sense of community. Well, I can definitely understand that because the other day I was feeling like a big piece of turd on the floor and I did a podcast and it was just so inspiring and it just made me realize that, you know, my life isn't as crappy as I think it is. It's a lot better than what I thought at the moment it was. So I could definitely relate to podcasting and getting your voice heard and then listening to other people and being encouraged by them. So I just love that. You know, podcasting is like changing underwear. Everybody has to do it, right? <laughs> no, because everyone has an opinion. You're at, what do you call it, metaphors or? Yeah, metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> It's like changing underwear. You're both in in the other, and everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Share opinions. uh, And listen, my experience is share opinions to grow. And podcasting is a great way of doing that because Mm -hmm. you have a chance to talk to people that you agree with, talk Mm -hmm. to people that you have. Disagreements with, and you're talking to people that always have differing viewpoints that mm-hmm. allow you to grow personally. So I, I think podcasting is a great vehicle for growth. For sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, especially I love the way our technology is today. You know, I'm here in the U.S. You're in Canada. In the past, I would never have gotten a chance to ever have met with you or talked with you if it wasn't for technology. And I just love the podcasting platform. So we're able to share and talk about different things and be inspired by people that I probably would never even knew existed. Yeah, technology is a great gift, especially when, when it works correctly, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to go there, you know. <laughs> it, is a great, it is a great gift in terms of the connectivity of people and really providing them a space to share opinions and create community for sure. Right. So I'm, I'm interested um, to hear about the, is it We Are Able project that you were involved in? Yeah, so the We Are Able project was, was something that I uh, helped run. Oh gosh, uh, we we ran that pro- program back in 2016. But okay. the, the idea behind it was to bring business people together and mm-hmm. promote uh, uh, the positive benefits of hiring people with disabilities. We ran that. Uh, program for about 13 months. We gave 
a total of 30 presentations. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were able to get 28 people uh, job placements through the program in the 13 months we ran the presentations. Mm-hmm. I was also uh, the regional ambassador for something in Windsor and Essex County for uh, something called the Discoverability Network on behalf of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, which mm-hmm. was the province's new online job magic portal uh, for individuals with disabilities uh, to get connected. So. When I worked on the project, I called it the e-harmony of employment. The only difference was it wasn't obviously for dating. <laughs> it was for employment. So you would, yeah. on, you would go on the website and you create a profile. And if you're a job seeker with a disability, uh, you were matched with someone with an employer who was looking yeah. to hire someone with a disability. And obviously... If you were uh, an employer, it worked the opposite way. I was really proud of the work we did there during the 11 months I held the role. I was able to help uh, 70 people in my area either get a job placement or an internship. So it was a successful endeavor for sure. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, why didn't we think of eHarmony for business, you know, or to find a job for people or to match them up with employees and employers? Uh, there's te- <laughs> technology to make a difference, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I definitely love that. So in your area of journalism, what is your favorite thing? Like, what do you like to read or what do you like to write about? Uh, you know, I originally went to school to become a a sports reporter because, you know, uh, our family is big into football and basketball and baseball were in all of the major sports. So I was always uh, the first to sign up for any uh, sports assignments in school. And, you know, the coordinating professor of my journalism program, her name's Veronique Amandel, and she always told me, you know, you can co- you can cover other things for sports, you know. They're- <laughs> There are other parts of the news cycle other than sports, right? So then that's one of the reasons I started the podcast that I'm doing now called Mm -hmm. Let's Have This Conversation because I wanted to cover uh, more than sports. But to answer your question, uh, the reason I got into journalism in the first place is to cover sports because I couldn't play those. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously she must not be a sports fan if she's telling you not to there's more to life than just sports, right? <laughs> well, by the time I graduated, I turned her into a marginal sports fan. So I, was, <laughs> I was happy with that accomplishment, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so I know when we did our prep for the interview, I asked about your brother and you doing pranks. So tell me again the prank that you and your brother did or your mom. <laughs> yeah, so before I tell you that story, I will also tell you that Keith and I are identical, uh, identical twins and we're actually a minute apart. So yeah, Keith and I are very close. In fact, I, I, I just talked to him this morning. He accepted a role as an assistant professor at Missouri State University. So he's up I'm out of the States making a difference now. But to answer uh, your question, when Keith and I were little, my parents had a, a spice rack in the kitchen. So 
as a prank where we'll take all of the spices off the spice rack and dump them into a cup of milk and dare each other to drink it after all the spices were in, in the milk. So that's, that's the story. So, <laughs> Well, I know, but who won the prank? Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I used my disability to my advantage in that uh, instance because my parents tended to bully me more than they did my brother because my brother's uh, nickname uh, when we were younger was the instigator because he always <laughs> so I used uh, my advantages to my advantage when it came to that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure your parents know better now, right? Well, yes, they got rid of the spine track. We don't have that. <laughs> well, and that they know that uh, your brother wasn't always the instigator. <laughs> well, no, but if they bought it, he was always the instigator, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Kevin, before we end our conversation today, so one last question is, how can someone foster a culture, you know, of inclusion and diversity? I mean, you know, those are complete kind of opposites, but how can someone marry those together? You know, I, I think the, the easiest answer to that question is by listening and then mm -hmm. taking action, you know, to the people that live it every day and mm -hmm. uh, really uh, open, extended olive branch of listening. And then when to listen, it's important to implement uh, what they have said to you and really uh, develop a community where opinions of diverse uh, perspectives are valued and really uh, it starts with incorporating uh, people like me into mm -hmm. everyday society, whether it's employment equality, societal equality, societal equality. I talked earlier about social isolation and mm -hmm. really um, providing recreational opportunities for these people to re really discover what their passions are. Because once you do that, once you give them a, a vehicle to display their passions, then they can become contributing members of society and uh, uh, then everybody wins, right? So I think it starts by listening, implementing, and then um, really reacting and uh, being proactive in creating a community and a, a culture and uh inclusion for sure well i really love that and i'm so glad that i got to talk with you today so if anybody needs to reach out to you how can they get all of you yeah everything you need to know about me good bad or indifferent is at uh you can also follow the podcast it's let's have this conversation and you just type that in and type my name afterwards and all my stuff comes up. So you can find all my information on my website or on my podcasting YouTube chat. Well, I love that. I will definitely put that in our show notes when we upload the um, our conversation. And I hope that I get to talk with you in the future to see how things are going with you and just keep up to date. Yeah, I always, you know, the, the, the banner on my 
Facebook page says that I'm uh, my arc of progress is always ascending, and I I think that it starts with establishing relationships and having authentic conversations like this one. So, Nikki, I want to thank you for having me, and I look forward to us staying connected for sure. Keep up the great work of, of uh, dispensing great information, and it was a real honor and pleasure to be with you this morning. Oh, thank you, Evan. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation, for sure.